Welcome to the Happy Clients Podcast, brought to you by Dot and Company. Whether you're a virtual assistant, an agency owner, or a client-facing account manager, we all deal with clients. Lucky for you, client management is what we do best. Now, let's dig in. Chat cam life and have some fun along the way. Cheers to happy clients. So I want to talk about client reporting. It's a huge piece of our client management role, and a lot of times it's good, and sometimes it's bad, and we are generally the people who are communicating this to clients. So Katie, I feel you're a pro at reporting, and I want to get your take on how you recommend reporting to clients, whether it's good or bad or ugly. Well, the good part about being a client account manager for many a moons is that I've been reporting for many a moons. The good, the bad, and the ugly, it changes regularly. Like, don't think that you can pull reporting the same way every single time. Even clients will ask for different KPIs, but there's like a base, and that's what we can speak to today, but there's like a base sort of line of of what you're looking at and what we flagged and whatnot. Today, we kind of want to talk about Facebook ads and the reporting and all the fun KPIs that are on the back end of business manager. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. Um, And also best practices for agencies for how hmm. to deliver, right? If you're an agency getting results, you know kind of what the back end should look like and what these KPIs are, but we're the ones delivering it. So let's kind of talk about how you deliver reports to clients. Yeah, we all know about ROAS, we all know, you know, CPC and CPM and like these sort of very obvious metrics. There's kind of these, these caveats, something like an iOS update, or even some cool reporting tools that I think are the secret weapons here. If you're listening to this after March 2021, you know about the iOS update of 2021. In summary, Apple and Facebook are feuding and all of the tracking is kind of debunked and going crazy. So what we're looking for and what's definitely changing with clients is attribution and how that looks. So Taylor, I think this is a great question for me to ask you and for you to chime in and just kind of explain the attribution window. And then maybe I'll circle back and let you know how that's changing. Yeah. So whenever I communicate about the attribution window to clients, most of the clients, like majority don't know what it means. They -hmm. probably haven't heard of it until working with the agency. So I find it's, it's good to explain it to them in a way that kind of makes sense, right? Okay. If someone buys now, you might not get credit for that for a number of weeks, even a month. Um, Obviously, that kind of gives the agency some room, some buffer. So if we're talking about reports from last month, we might say, but there's also the attribution window, which is going to come Mm -hmm. into play, you know, as Mm -hmm. we kind of go across this month. But now with Apple and Facebook feuding and the (laughs) iOS update, Katie, how are you communicating that? Yeah, so people are always like, what's my ROAS, what's my ROAS? What's, you know, how much profit have I made? Or, you know, what's my revenue? What's my total spend? So if we're looking at numbers like ROAS, we need to definitely consider the attribution window because you might have a target and say that's 10 times ROAS. And on the reporting days, like every week you want to be at 10 times ROAS. ROAS at 10, ROAS at 10. That's your goal. That's your KPI. That is what you are going towards. So when your numbers come in at eight, 
seven day for those seven days. And you're like, Hey, what's going on? Like we haven't hit 10, but you're kind of, you know, looking at the data on your end and what's been coming in and what's going out of your store. And you have to consider that the attribution window will close seven days later. Fun fact here is that the the window went from 28 days to seven. So that's a big change. And then those seven days can actually be contributing to the data that has already passed. So it's like seven days, Sunday to Sunday. That's how we always report plus an extra seven days that purchases can be contributive. So on that Monday morning, you're sitting down, you're doing reporting and your ROAS is only at nine and you're like, Hey, what's going on? We didn't hit 10. That's so strange. Go back the next Saturday and check it out because all those purchases that have come through that are actually attributed to that week will actually be fully accounted for. So it's kind of weird. And we're at Facebook's mercy all the time anyways, but this is how Facebook works. And this is how the new system is panning out. The point is when we think of these KPIs and these metrics that we're actually looking at as like substantial data coming and contributing to how we are doing business or how the client is doing business, it can change at any moment and it looks different. And those classic data metrics change regularly where ROAS was the KPI, the indicator of a really great ad campaign. Is it good or is it bad? Check out the ROAS. Mm-hmm. Well, now that might be changing. Let's talk e-com. So what are some of the questions that are coming up with your e-commerce clients when it comes to reporting on a weekly, bi-weekly basis? What are they looking at? What are they asking you? Purchases. So it's always data and money driven, right? And Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to kind of think about a campaign in different stages, right? Right off the bat while you're testing and getting new audiences and new people through your ad account, it's, or through your ad campaigns, it's different. It looks different. There's money being spent, the return looks different, but when you have kind of a well-established, stable e-com ad account and your campaigns are running really well, and you're looking at that data, it's always purchases, what's the store revenue, what's what's being brought in from Facebook ads mm-hmm. versus total store revenue, um, ROAS, of course, and then always cost per acquisition and average order value too. We always want to make sure that's in a place where, where the client's comfortable. Mm-hmm. And another question, this might be a little bit of a quiz. Um, a lot of clients will ask, and this is just agency life, but okay, these are my ROAS, but what about this, the retainer that I pay you guys right? run my ads? How do Classic you explain Classic question, that? Tay. Yeah. And it's Classic. fair, right? But yeah, how would you answer like, that? Like ROAS, let's break it out. Return on ad spend. Two keywords there, ad spend. spend. The agencies that I've worked with in the past don't always do this. I would say the majority do. It's good to get those sort of numbers upfront in those initial conversations where one times ROAS, you're getting the money back, but that's not, that's not making you. Yes. It's not return on investment. You're not making money. You're not building a business on a one-time ROAS. So Mm. what you want to do is take all the numbers into account. What number, what 
number associated with the return on ad spend will start making you money. Maybe Mm. it's four, maybe it's five. When you're in six, you're in that happy zone. You're having parties, Mm -hmm. you're drinking champagne. Mm -hmm. Um, When it's towards a two, maybe you're just breaking even. So So you kind of factor that in at the beginning, hopefully on the sales call Mm -hmm. or in the beginning of the onboarding. And then if, if you know that maybe they need a three X to break even, but they need a four X to break even in terms of like all the costs that are going into it, mm-hmm. maybe there's creative costs. Maybe there's product testing yeah. costs. Maybe there's one breaks even one breaks right. even. That Technically, you get yes. the ad spend back. Yeah. Right. One is setting the expectations of what do you need for return on ad spend? Plus what do you need for return on investment exactly. um, in working with us? So I think. I think that's a really good way to put it. You're kind of looking at your ROAS or all these KPIs based on all of the costs that are kind of involved. And I think it's those questions come up with a business that is probably pretty junior where mm-hmm. they're they're like ad spend versus agency fees. Like that's why there's always a credit card on the ad account, right? It's not lumped together. They're not together. Yeah. The ad spend is what Facebook is charging you that $100 a day, that $500 a day, whatever it might be. And then it's your job as a business owner to kind of work in the math and work out a ROAS that you're actually comfortable with, with everything, Mm -hmm. all of your investment. Yeah. Um, But Taylor, that's a great question because it's not always as obvious as people working in it, in the back end, looking at the numbers, it's not always that obvious and people will definitely bring that up from time to time. Yeah. And I think a huge part of our role as the account manager, obviously we're between the agency owner and the client. And to be honest, sometimes if clients ask these questions, well, what about your fees? The agency can kind of take that personally, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. we're there to just be like, okay, well, here's the facts. Here's what you're paying for. Here's your return on investment, return on ad spend. Yeah. And the party line, it always will be. It's like, you've hired us to do this job. We have the skills. We're professionals. Mm-hmm. It's a service we're providing. The ad spend is just buying your space on Facebook. Right. Exactly. So to piggy off, piggyback off of that, how do you explain to more so probably those junior e-com clients like mm-hmm. you're speaking of, if they say, well, what am I paying the agency fee for? Do you ever get right. asked that? Sometimes or like, how can you justify, you know, I think, yeah, probably the question that comes is like, well, I just can't justify this at two times for us, you know, with agency fees and I just can't do it all or whatever. I think even that's the extension of the quote party line is that you can go right ahead and do this yourself. There's nothing stopping you from going and running ads through your ad account. The thing is when you hire professionals and people who know what they're doing and know the space and know the algorithms and know how Facebook will react and is five steps ahead, that's when the expert knowledge will really benefit your money and your spend rather than sort of throwing it out the window with somebody, maybe yourself, but with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or doesn't have Mm -hmm. the skill to effectively utilize an ad spend budget. Yeah. And just being comfortable. Like a lot of the agencies we we work with are spending thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars every month, if not more hundreds, sometimes more. So yeah. Hiring the professionals who we do this across tons of different clients. So yeah. yeah. And I think like, you know, I, I wanted to ask this because 
this is what we do. We are the ones frontline communicating these things to the clients. And they're going to ask these questions. They're going to have concerns about return on investment and ad spend and all these things. And what we are trained to do as account managers is competently represent the agency and make sure the client knows that we're taking care of them and that they are getting the best experience because we are the best of the best agency and we are getting you these results because, because you pay for us, but we're the experts. And I think, you know, a huge part of our role that a lot of people don't understand is that we're there to kind of set expectations again and again and again with clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Getting the results is one thing. They can always go into their business manager and see what their ROAS is or, what, you know, their engagement is or what their click-through rate is, but they might not always know what is a good, what is a good click-through rate or like what creative is working. And we might say, well, you could look in the ad account and say, oh, I think this one's working, but we know that there's dynamic creative going on. And there's all these different elements that we know what to look for, um, to make better recommendations, to get you better results. And And then even take it from that complex technical space for them, this really complex technical backend space and to translate it and present it in a way that is super user-friendly for them, right? That Mm -hmm. is 100% our job and a good client account manager will make them feel super confident in their results. And if they're bad results, they'll feel super confident in the strategy to get good results. And if they're just beginning, they're super confident in the testing and what will happen. So the client account manager needs to be that sort of um, cushion sometimes or the the translator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this was a great episode, Katie. Client reporting can be stressful and a huge role in an agency. And I think a lot of people don't understand how to take the data and then present it in a way that clients really feel like they get it. And they can I just, data. before we wrap up, because I know everybody is just so excited about this reporting podcast, but before we sort of wrap up a huge pro tip and something that I always deliver to my clients and we practice in our cam school and all of the cams that work with Dot and Company is sending Loom videos, go into the back end, send a Loom video and show the client exactly what you're speaking to. They can go in and look themselves. They have more of a a clarification on what everything means because sometimes ad buyers are too much the other side click 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 this 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 technical data coming through and then clients are left missing everything that happened client account managers know both sides of the story it's high level it's what the client needs to know kind of the nitty-gritty is left out so something like a loom video where you can actually show people what's going on in the back end certainly helpful. I know clients really appreciate it. And it's a, it's a hack. It's a pro tip from Dot and company. (laughs) And it's definitely in our best, best practice. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks so much for tuning into yet another episode of the happy clients podcast. We hope you come back, listen to all of our episodes. You'll learn tons of good stuff. So thanks again. And until next time, cheers to happy clients.